Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And today we have the right person for you. <laughs> Joining us in the studio today is Erica Seagrave, and she is the president and founder of MJS Consultants, LLC. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. We have Dwayne to thank for the introduction. Yes, Dwayne Furlong. Thank you. Dwayne, Shout out to Dwayne. Yep. Great photographer and it quickly became a good buddy of ours. And I know that uh, you had the privilege of working with him. And he said, yeah, I go see Karen and Daryl. Yes, And he did. so here you are. I'm so pleased. Let's start by having you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your your coaching practice. And then I want to hear the backstory too, which is what you got got you here. Sure, absolutely. So um, again, Erica Seagrave, owner of MJS Consultants. Um, I started the company in 2018. Uh, prior to, I did it because I really wanted to focus on small business owners um, to help them grow their companies. And we'll kind of talk about, you know, my the history and how I got here. But I thought it was really important. I know there are thousands of coaches, especially now on social media. But I think it's really important to um, hone in on a particular skill set that a coach brings, I think. And I'll talk about this today a lot, the importance of having a coach. And regardless of what the business is, I think every small business needs a coach, needs a consultant to help them be a second set of eyes and ears, just to help them grow themselves professionally as a leader and help their businesses grow. Very good. And you, prior to opening your coaching practice, you had a medical supply business? Medical services, services. company. Services. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So that's what my background is. So about 26 years as a surgical neurophysiologist. So um, most people say, what? What is yeah. that? <laughs> and my eyes glazed over. Right. It's kind of like uh, you lost me at neurophysiologist. <laughs> uh, but I, I came from Indiana. That's where I was born and raised and went through a training program there at IU. IU, which was one of the second largest academic centers in the U.S., did my training there as a surgical neurophysiologist, which basically provides spinal cord monitoring to patients that undergo brain and spine surgery. Hmm. So we're, we're closely monitoring the central nervous system, work with um, neurosurgeons, spine surgeons, ENT surgeons, anything that um, you know has to do with the central and peripheral nervous system. So it's kind of a niche field. Uh, I learned about it long ago, went through the program and internship and just loved it and worked for the hospital for seven years, and then I hit the glass ceiling. And I was like, um, okay, cool, what else can I do? I was speaking and, and uh, you know, teaching students. I was teaching, talking, giving in-services to some of the neurosurgeons and anesthesia residents, and I basically maxed out and capped out. So I left there, and I thought, what can I do to serve others and just maybe, you know, go solo so I have some autonomy for myself and then as, as I raise my two boys? So I um, looked into starting a business and it ended up, uh, again, fast forward, it ended up going so well when I talked to my uh, corporate attorney and I hired a CPA and I was just meant for it to be me and one piece of equipment to travel to community hospitals that didn't have that service because they were small hospitals. But um, the problem, which was good, that it grew so well and so fast that I ended up at one point having 20 employees, 15 hospital contracts and worked with 53 surgeons. So... That was my background in uh, where I started with the medical services company, and then I ended up selling it in 2018. It's a lot of work. I loved it. I was very passionate and good at it, but I was tired of working 60 to 80 hours a week. I was always on, always on call, on my phone, and so I just got uh, tired of it. So I knew I was growing it to sell it. 
That's kind of what my purpose was. So that was my background. I say that because it's really important because I developed it and grew it from the ground up. I had no capital resources. I, you know, went and got a, sm- a small business loan and I did everything on my own and I evolved it as I could afford to do it with human and uh, capital resources. So that's where I have my grit and determination and how to build a business. So I want to be that person for somebody else and help them grow when they think they can't. I want to be there to say, yeah, you can do it. Just be smart about it and let me help you. Let someone help you. Very good. So since 2018, playing in that space to help others. Uh, tell us a little bit about your clientele then. Who is the best client for you? Who's the best business owner for you? So the best um, ideal client for me is, of course, a small business owner because that's my niche. That's a space that I know very well. I think really it's anywhere from the one to five-year range in business. I don't care so much about headcount because small businesses are 500 and less. It's more about uh, the years in business. Again, I recall back to, gosh, I wish I didn't have a partner. So I, and I, basically had to get um, advice and mentorship from someone I trusted. Sometimes it was my husband who um, had his, has his law degree. So he was very helpful. It was family sometimes, but they sometimes they don't give an unbiased view. You need someone to say, no, dum-dum, don't do that. They are going to give you that advice because they love you. So I just felt at that time that it was, um, or excuse me, I, I feel that the best client for me is a small business owner that is doesn't have the time, they don't necessarily know how to scale up or they don't have the time to scale up because of poor time management, task management, prioritization, whatever that is. Someone that just says, man, I wish I had another set of eyes and ears who could really guide me. Someone that I trust, most mm-hmm. importantly, someone that I trust. Yeah. And so when you're working with someone, um, how long do they typically work with you? And then what do those services look like? What's the relationship? So the length of time is no less than three months, just like anything else. Um, you know, a golfer can't go somewhere and get lessons and be have a great swing in one session, right? Or fitness or whatever pe- people are doing to improve and get better. So it's no less than three months, but typically it's anywhere from three months to a year. And at that time, they can either continue on with me. Sometimes they grow and evolve and go another direction. They want someone specifically in their industry who can help guide them further, which I'm completely okay with that. In fact, sometimes I say, that's great. You should move on to somebody else. So um, at least three, three months to 12 months. What does the relationship look like? Is how often are you connecting? And is it similar with all the folks that you work with? Or does it vary? Tell us a little little about the services you provide. It very much varies. And so I definitely interview my clients. I have them complete a questionnaire or or an intake form. I want to know more about them and their business to see how I can help them. For example, I had someone come to me and say, I want my private company, but want to go public. Can you help me? And I said, absolutely not. That's not my forte. That's not my niche. So you should go find somebody else. I think it's really important to Speak to, it depends on what the package is. So for example, if you go to my website, there's not one size fits all. It's I'm going to interview that client, have them fill out the intake form and determine what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for business coaching? Are you looking to grow as a leader in your organization so you can better manage your employees? Are you a solopreneur and you're, you're you know, you just want to scale up a little bit? So I need to know those things. And um, typically it's at least, um, you know, t- twice a month, I'm talking to them two to four times a month. And then I also have a la carte things that they want me to form policies and procedures, maybe a quality assurance plan, um, you know, different things like that or KPIs, you know, so it's really customizable. 
Mm-hmm. For our listeners, I mean, most they should know KPIs, but key performance indicators. Yes. If not, yeah, very good. Yes. And you've been in Arizona for three years? Four years, Four years. this year, mm-hmm. yeah. in November. And from where? Indiana. Okay. And what brought you guys to Arizona? So, um, again, selling my business. So I sold the company in, in uh, November 2018. We have visited Arizona several times and loved it out here. I've um, spoken at several events and engagements and seminars. And anytime I would go on my business, I would bring my husband and, and boys along. So they got to enjoy and go golf while I was working. And my husband had mentioned uh, several times how much he likes Arizona and said, you know, maybe we should think about retiring um, in Arizona. And I said, well, why do we have to wait till we retire? We're young enough now. I sold the business. Uh, Let's just go now. And I said, you can get a job there and, you know, doing what you do. Our son was a junior in high school and he had no problem. He's uh, very much loves change and he's a golfer. So it worked out beautifully for him. Yeah. And you're, you have two kiddos? I have two boys. Yes. 23 and 21. Both are in college in South Florida. Oh, wow. And, um, Same university? No. So my youngest goes to University of Miami. And then my oldest goes to um, NSU. Uh, he just, he's a law student there. So he just started. He's an L1 law student. Yeah. So literally three weeks ago. And how often are they having an opportunity to get to Arizona? Do they miss Arizona? They like Arizona a lot, but they're both both very much. They love uh, South Florida, and they get to see each other. So they're an hour apart, so whereas good. before they were one was in Indiana and, and you know Arizona, then Miami. So now they get to hang out, and they're really close. So, so that good. makes my mom heart very happy. Yes, and so you guys are empty nesters. We are, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, extremely busy. Yeah. Yes. However, I'm hearing you say that you've built this as a lifestyle business for yourself, which wasn't the case when you owned your previous business. That's right. I always had to be present. Um, I did go away on vacations, but I was always connected, always on. And I always had to go back to that, to Indiana, that area. And so I really tried to be smarter this time about, um, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I love being my own boss, my own CEO. But I think it's important now for me in this point in my life as an empty nester to be able to go see my boys when I want to and hop on a plane, have balance, work out. I'm very much into health and nutrition. So that's really important to me to stay focused on my health mm-hmm. and do that now. And I can do this anywhere. I can do a bit virtual consulting. Again, as I mentioned, I'm very much um, boots on the ground. So I really enjoy working with people face to face, but I also... Um, you know, don't mind in the virtual. So, th- so uh, you meet with clients both in person, but also you can meet with them no, no matter where they live in the country mm-hmm. as well. I'm That's sure. right. Yeah, I have clients East Coast, Central, you know, uh, Pacific Mountain, all over, all over the place. Just in the United States right now, nothing internationally, but I have before. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about a success story with someone that you've either worked with previously or you're working with now. You can mention names, but you don't have to. How do you know when you've done a great job? When you see them doing this, you know that they're getting it. It's a very proud moment for me. And that reassures me this is why I'm doing this. Um, because I know this go around and where I am in my life, that I definitely want to serve others. So whatever that means, it's if it's philanthropy or doing this business. I'm also a nutrition coach where I help people lose weight. And so that's very re- rewarding to me as well. But I know when things have worked, and sometimes it is frustrating because I will say that um, sometimes CEOs, are or in the C-suite or executives are not always coachable. They're very, you know, strong-headed. But when I look at things, I look at their business and what they're asking me to do, I have to take a step back and say, 
but what we need to do is change you a little bit first. And so I'm going to side with your employees on this one. I think you're in the wrong here. And so that's the thing about me is I'll be very candid yet transparent about it and just say, I think that you need to look into you. So when the CEO or the owner or the executive, whomever that is, does something or says something that I've taught them, that is so rewarding to me, almost like a proud mom. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I tell them that like you just made a huge, that's a, a great victory right there. It's a great win. And so I, I appreciate hearing when they do something, when they succeed and do something that, you know, we've kind of worked on together. Yeah. You mentioned previously that you were speaking when you owned your own business. Are you looking for speaking engagements as you as you continue to grow this business? And, and what kind of audiences do you want to get in front of if that is the case? Yes. So um, I'm definitely looking at speaking engagements with social selling. It's been, it's tricky. There's so many, you know, as you and I talked about previously, so many uh, consultants and it's, um, it's so hard because how do you find the right one, right? You don't feel like that you're overpaying or, you know, you're wasting your resources. So finding the right one is important, but I think the important thing is finding someone you trust. That's really important. Well, you trust people by being with them and spending time with them and knowing their uh, brand. Mm -hmm. And I think my previous business was successful because I know it was because I had developed relationships with surgeons and hospital administrators, and they could see that it was me going and doing the clinical services, teaching, speaking, training, doing all those things. And I wasn't just ordering people around like a boss from a yacht in Aruba. Like I was working my tail off. And so that's been a little bit tricky for me is switching to social selling. So I think in order for me to grow my business now, I need to be in front of people. I want to speak. And that's where I'm really um, best utilized and happiest, I think. And when you talk about social selling, describe what that means for our listeners. What do you mean by social selling? Yes, putting out content, hiring marketing consultants, right? And knowing that it's not a one package uh, marketing system. It's that, you know, you develop a website and then you get your uh, social media pages, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and track your SEO and Google ads and putting content out. So a content marketer is different from a reach out marketer, which I had no idea. So I had to say, okay, I'm going to hire this person to do this and this marketing consultant to do this. So it's constantly putting out content, but I have to develop that content. And yes, it's based off my uh, years of experience from teaching, coaching, training, working. So that part is there, but then it's about creating videos because people are going to, to get them to stop scrolling, they want to see video and something that catches their attention. That takes a lot of work. You have to nurture it a lot every single day. Not that I'm not willing to do that, but it's just social selling is very different because I think it's hard to get people to trust you. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> and when they do, then they already feel like they know, like, and trust you. And so it's an easier conversation when it comes time to what does this relationship look like for us uh, when working together? That's right. And I'll be honest, few of my clients have come from social media, from content mm-hmm. or from, you know, me reach outs. Yes, I have tons of reach outs, discovery calls that turn into strategic calls that may turn into business. But it's people who know me or who know of me that know that I've had success in a previous in a couple of businesses, basically who I am as a person, how I've raised my boys and my family and the type of person that I am. Those people um, trust me so they feel like they can come to me to get business advice and guidance. Very good. 
are you on LinkedIn? Do you utilize LinkedIn? I feel I I know we've connected. I feel like LinkedIn and maybe Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. I think yes, both. Yeah, we're both out there. Yes, (laughs) yes, very good. And have you had success with LinkedIn connections? That are a lot of success. Yeah, Yeah, with that more so that than Facebook and Instagram. That makes sense, right? Especially for the field that you're in and the the folks you're looking to help. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very good. And outside of work, you mentioned you enjoy working out and that you're a nutrition. Did you say nutrition coach or a health coach? Nutrition coach and health coach, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, same thing. So I'm a distributor for Optavia. So I help people lose weight, but then I also help them keep the weight off and maintain that weight. Mm-hmm. So first by nutrition, then, you know, we focus on fitness and just having a healthy, healthy, excuse me, life, transforming in their mind, everything, just because it's so important to me. I need it on a daily basis. And so how important is that for the business owner and the C-level executive? Great question. That's what I'm currently doing is talk. And I've had conversations to um, C-suite, you know, owners and say, hey, what are you doing? I kind of sprinkle it in, just like (laughs) drip it in, right? It's not my main goal and purpose because I'm really after, and I don't want them to say, how can you talk to to me about this? You're a business consultant. But the truth is, I'm a yes and girl. I do I have multiple line streams of income, and I want to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. I want to do, if it makes sense to me to do it, I want to be a brand partner or ambassador or do whatever works for me. But oftentimes, I will um, say, let me just ask you a question. Like, you say you're, you're tired or you can't think or you, you can't focus. Uh, a lot of attention deficit that I've noticed and frustration. So I'm like, how, what did you eat today? Tell me a little bit about your eating. It's and shocking, your isn't it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So then I am incorporating nutrition into business coaching and saying, you know, you really need to take care of your body or else you're never going to be able to be healthy and focus and make really big business decisions if you, you know, you don't have the proper macronutrients or nutrition. So... That's yeah. the truth. You get to hold their hand and guide them through all aspects of that. That's right. And how often do you find that when working with a C-level executive that um, that some of the mindset and or the way in which they live in their body impacts how they're succeeding or maybe lacking? So much of it. I think mindset is a buzzword, efficiency, accountability. Like I love following Gary Vee because he's in your face with being accountable. And I think that's something I've had to learn to say, you know, this new business as I'm growing it, not to feel sorry for myself, but it's no one's fault. It's myself. I have to be held accountable. And so I have to, when I meet with coaches, I have to, or excuse me, uh, C-suite executives, owners, how ready are you to make a change? Like you came to me and you're going to invest the money. What is your mindset? Where are you on a scale from one to 10? Because if you're anywhere below eight, this isn't going to work. You have to have the mindset that what I'm doing is not working. And in fact, that's part of my 10 intake questions is, what are you doing? What are you this working? What are you doing that's not working? What are your pain points? What are your short-term goals? And then have you had a coach before and how did that person help you? Let's get right down to it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is so much as mindset. If these uh, folks aren't in the right mindset, they're not going to make a change. That's somebody else's job <laughs> to That's help right. them to shift that. That's right. Yeah, good. You you're want to work with people who are ready to take it to the next level. I do. I, I will help them. I will help guide them. And I advise them if they ask my advice, but it truly is coaching. So I'm helping them along. And oftentimes it's just talking through things. And then they're the ones that say it themselves. And I'm like, yes, exactly. You just said that. But us talking through this, you were able to determine that. So this was your idea. So it's not so much advising unless they say, they'll call me and say, you know, like, WWED, what would Erica do? And I'm <laughs> yes. like, okay, now you're asking for, for my advice. Gloves off. Now I'm going to tell you what my advice is. Right. And this is what I would do. Yeah. Fantastic. 
what is what is next for you as you continue to grow your your practice and work with business owners? Do you see yourself doing this for a while? Are there other aspects of the business? You mentioned you'd like to have multiple um, avenues of income. What else is on the horizon? So, for example, if I believe in something with, with the nutrition, I myself lost weight um, last year, about 25 pounds, which is wow. why I then became, so I was a client who became a coach because my coach came to me and said, you lost this weight. You know, you took some time off from the gym. You really focus on your nutrition and you've completely transformed. Everyone is asking you how you did it. And so why not just become a coach? Because that's what you naturally do. So if that makes sense to me, I'm going to do it. Another example is I wear specific, uh, I, I like leisure wear, athleisure wear. I'm in it all the time because it's comfortable and it's cute. And so if I'm going to purchase it, why not get it at wholesale and become a brand partner? So things like that, if that makes sense for me, that I'm going to do it. So I appreciate being diverse and having multiple streams of income. And the social selling helps with that, right? Because then you can you can uh, have each of those tie together in the way you're showing up on social media. Absolutely. I live my life out loud. I'm authentic. And so, right, I know that's what I love about you. And I follow <laughs> you. I, you know, like stuff because it's like, I love when people are transparent and just live their life out loud. And I've lost friends because of it on Facebook, potentially. You know what? I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm doing yep. me right now. Well, that's uh, that's what we're being called to do, I believe, right? Yes. I read something the other day, maybe it was just a little meme that said, um, or maybe I even wrote it. Uh, I think it I think I, I don't think I made it up, but I think it's a version of something that I've seen before, right? Don't don't go being unique for the sake of being unique. Go be you for the sake of being you. Yes, right? So uh, yeah, I, I show all of my bruises, all of my scars, all of my you know difficult moments because I want to be an example of strength and sincerity as well as uh, just being real. And that doesn't always bode well between this business and my, my coaching business, right? Not everybody understands that connection. Uh, however, I know that I'm speaking to the people that need to hear from me. Absolutely. And if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. I'm not, I'm not your person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's what I've had to accept is that's okay. And I think some of the other, um, businesses that I work for helped me see that about myself. Whereas before, when I owned the medical services company, working with surgeons and hospital administrators, I was on Facebook a little bit, but I was very private. And I was very careful about that. And now I live my life out loud about my boys and about my husband, about my own journey and how I can help you. And I make no apologies for it. I'm mm-hmm. very happy where I am at this point in my life. So good. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the weight loss journey. Um, can you speak to a little bit? Was it was it challenging? What was the motivator for you? Is that okay that I ask that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just at a point in my life, I, I was a competitive gymnast. So I've always been fit. I am very disciplined. I work out. I remember reading that, I think, in a post you put out there not too long ago. Yes. And uh, I still do my annual handstand and do like pirouettes or do like round offs and things to just to prove to myself that I can still do it. And that even though I'm 51, I'm still young at heart. So working out has always been a part of my life. Um, but over the past uh, probably couple of years, I had just put about 20 pounds on. So I thought I need to go work out in the gym twice a day. I need to go work out in the morning and then go run in the afternoon or ride my bike for 20 miles. I would basically, basically punish myself. Hmm. You know, I, I developed friends here in Scottsdale and they would watch me work out and you know, they would say you work out harder than anybody here, you know, but I know you're frustrated. You're not happy with yourself. So that's when I met, you know, now a friend who was, you know, a coach and said, I I just think that if you 
maybe, and we had a conversation, she didn't really approach me about this, but I think if you dialed into your uh, nutrition, you would start seeing all that musculature pop out that you've been working so hard for. And she's like, I'm in no way fat shaming you. I'm just saying if you, you know, did that, you're going to see a huge difference. And you did. And I did. And so she the program, you have to stay away from fitness for a little while until you lose your weight because we they really want you to um, dive into new nutrition and then start introducing working out again because when you burn calories, you want to eat more and then that's throwing the scale off. So we're looking at scale, inches, you know, all those How things. How was that for you? For someone who grew up at, as an athlete working out and then to be, you know, just slow your roll on the exercise and let's focus on what you're eating and and how you're living in your body. What was that like for you? Very hard. You can ask my coach, Maya. She had to, we, we had to, we kind of went toe to toe, but she's like, just lean in and trust me on this. And then we'll start introducing it again slowly when you see and see some of the weight come off. Yeah. And I fought it at first, but it, because it was also therapeutic for me, I needed to be able to go out. I'm a, you know, go to a gym kind of person because if I'm paying for it, I'm with people, I'm going to stay committed to it. I do other things on the side, but but I, that was really important to me to keep doing that for ther- therapeutically. Uh, so I had to lean into it and just stop. And I trusted the I trusted the system, <laughs> and it worked because t- ten pounds turned into twenty five or twenty turned into twenty five, and then all of a sudden I started going back to the gym, and you could just see like you know I'm in better shape now than I've been ever in my life, probably in college. That's, I feel the same. I've just recently made a similar commitment the last probably nine months. And um, I just, I was at the dermatologist earlier today and they're like, in a year, you've completely changed. What are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm simply just eating differently, mm-hmm. conscientiously, and I'm working out not harder, smarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about early Erica. Is there somebody in your life, either somebody that you know personally or someone that you admired that you read about or saw on on the news or something that was an inspiration for you and continues to be that way and and just this guiding light? You mentioned how your clients will say, you know, what would Erica do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) WWED. Is there somebody, somebody in your life that's that for you? My mom, probably. Mm. So um, my mom owned a business. She's a nurse. She has a nursing degree. She has an education degree. So very early on, we I watched my mom build a business, and it was a gymnastics facility, which is how I became a competitive uh, gymnast. And then dance, and they also owned, um, my parents owned a silkscreen company where back then they were like printing, you know, ink on t-shirts. It's way different now, but that's what they did. My mom pretty much ran it, and I watched her do it from a very young age, and then she would even hire me. So at the gym, when I wasn't working out, you know, four hours a day or more, I was a coach, and I was able to coach um, these young, you know, girls and boys and be a mentor to them. And so um, I would say she definitely was my inspiration role model. She has multiple degrees, which back then really wasn't heard of. And she was a little bit ahead of her time. So my house growing up, there was sugar-free candy, wheat bread, oatmeal. We were eating that when nobody else, they were eating like the junky cereal. I was, you know, my mom was buying the healthy stuff and cooking salmon and we were eating it. I may have given half of it to the dog under the table, but... <laughs> does mom know that or does no. she know now? She probably knows now. <laughs> she knows but, now. But that's the kind of life that I lived. And so I kind of sat back and I really didn't realize that she was my role model then, right? Until later. And, and I was, and then I saw, wow, she's able to do all these things, raise two kids and be a great person. So she's definitely a role model for me and an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And she's my biggest fan now. We still talk every day. She's in Indiana. She's still, she's 72 and still a practicing nurse. Oh, wow. I know. And lives on a farm and, uh, you know, 
10 acres of land and animals, and she raises that, and she's um, she and my husband are my biggest fans. They still a hard say. worker, your mom. Still a hard worker. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Tell us what you're reading. Is there some, some, you mentioned Gary Vee, but is there somebody else in the business world or even fitness world that you keep an eye on that, that you, you know, you're enjoying learning from them? Yeah. So right now I'm reading, uh, reading a book called The Choice by Dr. Uh, Edith Edgar, mm-hmm. um, but I read all the time. I'm constantly on either reading a hardback book. I, I still like the old school hardback book and give my eyes a break from the screen uh, or I'm watching podcasts and listening to people. Mostly it's, it's really all nonfiction, even though I know I need to introduce a little bit of fiction into my life for some fun. Me, me too, but it's always business or it's self-personal de- development yes. or trauma, <laughs> always reading. Yes, I feel like if I'm going to take that time to do it, I'm going to get something out and improve, and it's going to be very realistic. I'm a very realistic person. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly reading everything, anything that I think will be about leadership and self-improvement and how I can, little nuggets I can take away to give my clients, I do that. If it's a good book, I refer it to my clients. Traction was one of the best books I ever yes. read when I was um, you know, running my business, and it completely changed the dynamics of my other business, how I ran it, how I incorporated my employees. Yep. So that Is was that Gene huge... Wickman? Yes. So you may notice the Conscious Capitalism logo behind us, but Traction is one of the books that we recommend in the Conscious Capitalism community, along with all of his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not a member of Conscious Capitalism Arizona yet, we encourage you to join us. You'd have an op- opportunity to get to know a lot of great like-minded people uh, and fantastic book. Yeah. I-, I was at a, a client's um, celebration of her one-year anniversary, and I noticed on her bookshelf that three of the books that I've recommended were all sitting there. I'm like, yes, this is good stuff. Yes, you'd <laughs> love that. Good. And I love getting receiving them if when I'm having a yes. LinkedIn call and, and we'll talk about books just in the very tail end of the conversation. I'm writing it down and I'm purchasing it. Uh, so shout out to Michael Pedersen. I don't have the copy with me here, but he just wrote a book called um, Dominate Your Market. I hope I got that right, Michael. I apologize. Good. Daryl's Taylor me I did. But he gave me a handful of copies and I would love to share that with you so that you can again pass it along to the folks that you're working with. Uh, Great book and great individual. Similar similar line of work. I think the two of you would would do well connecting together. Um, Okay, Erica, where do we find you? So you mentioned LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, and your website. Give us uh, the website information. So the website information is seagraveconsultants.com. C or S-E-A-G- R-A-V as in Victor uh-huh. E, consultants.com. Uh, apparently I missed the boat and I couldn't get MJS Consultants. It was already taken. So I just went with my last name. Uh, but everything else on social media is at is MJS Consultants. Okay. Yeah. And when somebody uh, is interested in working with you, what is the best way to get your attention and, and see if a discovery session makes sense? Any social media, they can, um, you know, personal message me on Facebook, DM me on Instagram, uh, go to my website, and there's links there how to get in touch with me immediately. Email, I have it um, accessible, you know, about every way I have, I, you know, show how you can get in touch with me. Great. And that discovery session, is there a fee for that or is that an opportunity just to connect with somebody? So the des- discovery um, discovery meeting is free. It's 15 minutes. There's no cost to it. This, and, and then if we see there's a connection or a, a need to have a, me as a coach, then we'll take it to a strategic session, which is 30 minutes. And that also is, it's a free consulting. So the discovery Both. call is more to get to know one another. What mm-hmm. do you do? What, what do I do? How can we work together? How can we help one another? It's not always about, in fact, one of the uh, guys I met with on LinkedIn in a discovery call and said, well, I'm assuming you, you reached out to me because you want my business. And I said, no, not at all. That's the thing about me. I'm just making connections. And if it makes sense for us, great. But it, this allows me to, you know, see how I can help you and how you can help me. 
And so um, I think that took him by surprise because it's like, no, I don't need your business that bad. I just want to connect with, you know, cool people who are like-minded. I think that's how Dwayne and I originally met. We met on LinkedIn and he had seen that I was hosting a retreat for women and said, hey, if you're looking for a photographer, I'd love to come. And it was a very intimate, intensive retreat. So it wasn't suited for that. And I said to him, you seem cool though. Let's connect. And mm -hmm. and we had a nice conversation. And of course he ended up being a guest and it was a fantastic opportunity to get to know his business and really doing some really amazing things with photography and the people he works with. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. It was fun to work with him and we worked together. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the website one more time is Seagraves Consultants. Seagrave, singular. Singular, Seagrave Consultants, plural. Yes. Okay, good. Dot com. That's right. Very good. And then on social media, again, M. MJS Consultants. Very good. Yeah, and we'll have that in the show notes that'll be hyperlinked to your social media as well okay. as your website. Is there anything that I hadn't thought to ask or any stories that you wanted to share that you thought on your way over here today or the last couple of days anticipating our time together that um, you want our, our listeners to, to be left with? Oh, gosh. Um, I've had several success stories with people and how I've been able to help them grow. And I think that's, um, I have testimonials. And so I, I'll, you know, I put those out on social media pages because I think it's important to let people know what I've been able to do for clients. I think that's, you sure. know, a really big uh, trust factor is by having uh, clients be willing to say their name, their company name. Some aren't, they just kind of, you know, don't want to be in the limelight, sure. but I think that's really important. And um, again, I think it's, that's one of the things that drive me to keep doing this. This is a hard field to be in. I think um, not hard because it's coaching is hard, but getting people to trust you and doing some of this, more of the social selling now that, you know, where we have to do things, um, you know, from a distance a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that finding, getting the right, you know, people to uh, buy into this and having those success stories and sharing them is really what keeps me going yeah. and keeps doing this. So I love it. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. sharing your morning with us. We will continue to see each other on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And I have no doubt that we'll get to see more of you here in the studio as well. Yes, absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Work Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.